This episode is brought to you by NordVPN. Listen up, nerds. No. Good evening, Mr. and Mrs. America, from border to border and coast to coast and all the ships at sea. What? Hello, friends. Do you have a computer? Of course you do, because it's not 1987. Hell, you're listening to this on some kind of computer right now. But do you have a VPN? Oh, (laughs) what's a VPN, you ask? Well, my friend, a VPN is a virtual private network and it offers two key benefits. Enhanced privacy and security online. But VPNs do a lot more than that. VPNs shield your IP address, change your browsing location, and make online life easier. It's all about safety and security, my friends. But, like everything else in life, it's also about watching TV. Don't let your paid subscriptions go to waste. I use NordVPN to access my home content while I'm traveling. Wink, wink. Plus, secure your connection on public Wi-Fi in airports, hotels, cafes, anywhere you go when you're traveling. There's over 6,300 servers in 111 countries, and you can find a nearby server for the best VPN speeds. NordVPN is easy to use. Connect with one click or enable auto-connect for zero-click protection. And it's got amazing speed. NordVPN is one of the fastest VPNs out there. And with just one NordVPN account, you can use it on six devices. It supports every major platform, Windows, Android, iOS, Mac OS, Linux, even Android TV. I think those are all real. Don't miss out on all the awesome benefits for using a VPN. Go to nordvpn.com ifanboy today for a risk-free 30-day money-back guarantee. The link's in the show notes. Once again, that's nordvpn.com ifanboy. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Um, you ever feel like you really need to get something off your chest? This is this this is a, like a real thing. Like, if you're mad, if you're upset, if uh, if there's something going on, like the I, there's there's often for me an idea. Maybe it's a wrong. Maybe it's a moment. It's it's an injustice. It's something that because you, you keep going on and on over and over in your mind about it, and like that can create anger and resentment or shame, whatever it is. And very often. I have found, I am not a therapist, I have found that when you let it out, when you give it voice, when you say it out loud, um, sometimes it makes you feel better because you've, you've expressed it. And sometimes it makes you realize like, oh, this is not a big deal that I've, it's been stuck in my head. So you give voice to those things um, and it can make you feel a lot better. And shock of all shocks, therapy is one of those things that can help you do that. It can help you be able to say those things in a place where you don't need to worry about the repercussions of it, work your way through it, uh, figure out coping skills, how to get around it, you know, find, find ways to deal with that stuff instead of letting it fester. Um, if you are thinking of starting therapy, uh, if anything I said sounds familiar, you're like, oh, maybe my life would be a little better if I could deal with that kind of thing. You should give BetterHelp a try. It's fully online. It is convenient, flexible. It is suited to your schedule. That's the idea. That's what they're going for. Um, you can fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. That's a big deal. You can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. That that personal connection, I believe, to be super important. Again, I'm not a professional. Uh, get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash iFanboy today. You get 10% off your first month. That is BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash iFanboy. This is iFanboy Pick of the Week 772, brought to you by mac weldon for 20 percent off your first order visit MacWeldon.com slash ifanboy enter promo code ifanboy and ifanboy listeners just like you who are washing their hands and wearing their masks still like a good hero Sure. 
Fanboy Pick of the Week, episode 772. My name is Connor Kilpatrick, and this is my co-host, Josh Flanagan. I'm Josh Flanagan, and he's correct. That is Connor Kilpatrick. It all so checks out. This we're all checks good out. so far. Let's see if we can keep this up. <laughs> we are a fanboy, which also checks out. Every week we read a bunch of comics. One of us picks their favorite book. We can call it the Pick of the Week. We'll talk about that book, other books from the week, the patron pick, maybe some listener mail. we have a good time. That's what we do. Listen, That's what we've been doing for 15 years. Listen, we're going to try. <laughs> it's not a promise. No, we're going to try to have fun. Yeah. L- listen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I, love, I love the quiet desperation of the listen the, oh it's just it's the best it's like my favorite thing i just all of a sudden got really hungry which isn't anyone else's problem but mine but um that's where we are josh you had to pick this week you son of a bitch <laughs> why we'll get to it later okay Fair enough. Uh, yeah, Connor, you warned me not a lot of comics this week, and that turned out to be the case, which led to the brilliant decision on my part to not read them for a long time and then have to scramble at the end. I was like, well, I don't have many. I don't have to hurry. It's fine. Good news is I, I, I enjoyed many of the comics. It was a solid week. week. I thought it was a uh, it was a short or small but solid week. Yeah, yeah. I, o- I, overall. Not, not you know, I, I wasn't... Uh, Awash with contenders for this pick of the week, and so uh, we went with uh, Marvel number six. Uh, when I this is the little anthology series that's uh, curated by Kurt Busick and Alex Ross, and it is somewhat related to the Marvels universe. I, I believe not a great title to call something Marvel number six. In that it takes place in the Marvel universe is basically the only way it's related to the Marvels and yeah. series. But yeah, just yeah. It's, you know, thematically or like it's got something. Yeah. That, that's why they're doing it. You know. Sure. Anyways, what we have here is two short stories. Um, I got pretty excited uh, by uh, first one, One-Eyed Gambit, uh, a, a, a Nick Fury story, classic Nick Fury, uh, by Greg Smallwood, an artist whose art I just look for. I look for his art. Everything by Greg Smallwood. He did all of it. He yeah, did the exactly. art, he did the colors, he did the lettering, he did everything. It's the same case uh, with uh, Lieber Mayho, uh, other than the lettering, on the silver glint of Space Reflections Gone. Um, which is a Silver Surfer story. And so I think, I believe this is the last of these, I think. I, I, would, I would think so. It felt like it. I, it's a six. I don't know. Either way. So it's an odd one to go out on, I think. It is, but. I thought this was perfect, but I just think if, if you're going to go out, uh, going out on like a 70s style Fury story in, in this sort of. Uh, still 70s style yeah. silver surfer story i thought was an interesting way to go if this is the end so uh you've got this this greg smallwood story where he's just like you want to see me steranko let's do this <laughs> and right, right and it's it's crazy batshit nutso from the colors to the to the sort of uh spaced out layouts um, to this weird uh, plot where Baron von Strucker has replaced the president with a life model decoy to, you know, put his put his plans into effect. His his Nazi Hydra. He's you know. funding his he's funding Hydra with U, with U.S. money. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and 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 Nick Fury has to go get help from Modoc, and they're at one of those casinos that like are in James Bond movies. 
just, just high roller casinos with uh yeah with with you know like dangerous armed billionaires everywhere that like that there can't be that many of those people and they're not gonna all hang out together and Starenko's there too he's playing behind nick fury yeah that makes sense yeah so there's no there's there's no like hiding the influences here it's wearing that on the sleeve and it was a really lovely confluence of like the retro stuff and and sort of everything that we've learned since then with greg smallwood's you know uh, art and and production and it was it was it was delightful that first part uh was delightful you have any thoughts on that one before we move along yeah i i think this was this was terrific um we've talked a lot about greg smallwood over the years he has this amazing clean line yeah um and it but it's also i, I love these these artists where you can see the art you can see the pencils mm-hmm. and i don't know how he draws he may draw digitally but either way you can see it and uh it's wonderful and the colors as you said, they're they're garish and they're pop culture, pop arty, and wonderful. I mean, there's one point where Dum Dum Duggan's wearing a bright orange suit, yes, with a yellow with, belt, with a yellow belt, yellow that, gloves. That shouldn't work, and and I'm not sure it does. But in this context, and also, he says, "Keep talking, Fritz, and I'll pistol whip you into La La Land," which <laughs> is what you want him to say. And he and also, like I'm doing it, I'm holding my fist out in front of me, like shaking it, <laughs> and that's what was in here. And then he goes, as you said, he goes to play high stakes. Uh, what is this? I guess this is um, it's poker. Well, he says he's all in. It doesn't really make a, sense. His, actually, his hand is a is a full house. Jackson sevens. They're playing two man poker. Like that's that actually doesn't make any sense now that I look at it. But you know what? What's important here, though, and you're, you're really glossing <laughs> over it, is the tiny umbrella in Modoc's drink. <laughs> that can't and reach then, his. It can't reach his mouth, but he has he has a drink with a tiny umbrella in it. And then, and then Fury ends up underwater, and then he ends up in space with a with like a b- bubble helmet, spacesuit, and then he ends up, uh, of course, after saving the day and shooting the life model decoy president in the head, he ends up in Fiji with a lady in a bikini, and he's got an Aloha shirt, and he's making martinis, and and it's like that's the best, and then she's a life model decoy, and then the real one shoots the her her life model decoy in the head, and then they, you know, they they embrace. This was like the perfect little yep. Nick Fury story. Like, I thought this was terrific. Too much of this, and you'd be like, "All right, I've seen it." But like, we just get in, we get out, we let them, we do all the stuff, uh, we make it real pretty, we make it real fast and fun, uh, and it was just, it was just a good time. It was, uh, you know, I could have seen Darwin Cook doing this story. Yeah, it's like super spy Nick Fury. It's yeah. uh, like like he's not old timey retro rocket that he takes, like it's a small rocket that he takes and yeah. lands on the moon and. Oh, it's pretty great. He's not chomping on a cigar. He's not talking. He's not dropping his G's. And like he is in a lot of the war stories, he's like, at this point, he's more refined. He's spending his time in the Washington upper class. And he is uh, a bit more of a super spy, which I liked. And then yeah. we got the Silver Surfer. And I was really first blown away by the Libra Mejo art. But then the story really got me, I thought. Well, so I wasn't really looking forward to it because I don't, I don't love Libra Mejo. But pretty mm-hmm. quickly in the beginning... I, you know, the level of sort of detail really got me when I started noticing all the reflections in the mm-hmm. surfer of the land around him and so what was going on, and that kind of blew me away. And at first I thought, he was definitely trying to do that heavy-handed, introspective Marvel thing, you mm-hmm. know, and I was like, all right, I've you know, I've read this, this isn't so much of a story. But then there was a story, and, and uh, you know, the second half of it really 
yes. drew me in. And actually, what I'm thinking is, if you're looking at page 19, your digital reader, it's sort of mm-hmm. he shows up uh, in Manhattan, and, and the Human Torch, lovely rendition of the Human Torch, by the way, yeah. just a great design, yeah. is coming at him, and you can see the reflection of the torch like all over his body and the different sort of sections. It's in both of his eyes. It's on his forehead. It's on both sides of his chest. It's in each of his abs, and it's just been. Right. You know, distorted in that in that sort of curving around reflection thing. It, it's amazing. I was like, I don't even know how you do that. Uh, yeah, and the uh, so this is a post-apocalypse Manhattan. Everything was destroyed, and you know, Silver Surfer, Human Torch. You think you know, you know, you think you know what's going on, and then the moment when they reveal it's not it's not Johnny Storm because it's a blonde guy. Yeah, that it's uh, Jim Hammond, the, the original Human Torch, the original Marvel superhero. Yeah, he, at one point he says. Uh, the first, I'm the first and the last. And I was like, oof. Yeah. That's a good line. And then, uh, yeah, it was. I was like, that's awesome. And then it, be, and then it, and then, you know, there's, of course, Galactus. And then, of course, and then it gets 70s, you know, bonkers. Yep. I thought this was, as a 70s tribute issue, this was terrific. It really was. And, you know, in a way, if you're going to make it the first, the first, uh, the last of the Marvel series, you know, having Jim Hammond there. And having, you know, Silver Surfer, which we don't consider to be one of the premier ones, but it's like the most Marvel of all of the characters. Like the Silver Surfer is just, it's its incredibly Marvel. If you no. pitched it now, you would, yeah, everyone would think you were dumb. No, only only Jack Kirby and Stan Lee get away with that at the time that they do. And it wouldn't have caught on otherwise, um, right. you know. It, yeah, it, but it, it was beautiful stories, beautifully written. And then we have some... Uh, not so crazy whackers bonk bonkers sort of ending epilogue to the whole story where uh dr strange shows up and i forget really what it was but basically nightmare is the big bad that's doing this whole all thing, yeah. whatever this is and in the part that's done by alex ross it sort of trips over into this pop art i'm actually trying to look remember who it was mitch mitch o'connell who i don't who i don't know uh did this crazy sort of old timey you know cartoony style and every marvel hero sort of shows up and they take him down and and i thought that the writing was actually really strong in this part mm-hmm. like you know it was like why the villain screwed up you know because he's trying to control things with dreams and the thing about dreams is that nothing really happens the way that it's supposed to and you know and, and dr strange comes and saves the day but yeah as a, as a 70s comic it was uh it was a heck of a lot of yeah fun. you're right this is definitely the end of the story i don't know why i didn't catch that yeah but yes it is this was a fun, fun mini. People often gloss over anthologies. I'm one of them. Usually, I forget to check them out. Sometimes it's not really uh, high on the radar of most readers. But this was a terrific miniseries with fu- a lot of fun stories from from top to top tier talent. And not overdone. I mean, I think that's the thing no. is that it was two short stories per issue, little little end cap. It wasn't like everyone was 64 pages. I think it's a yeah. tough one to find if you weren't looking for it. Um, you know, as a series because it, it kind of. It's called Marvel. It looks like it, it looks like uh, you know the the cover makes it look like marketing material. It's not like it's its own story or something. So, um, yeah, and they've been putting out so many of the Marvel relate Marvels related books lately that I just sort of glossed over it originally. I think I didn't check it out till the third issue and I had to go backwards. Yeah, you know. So, but. I'm yeah. glad I did because it was terrific. Yeah, but you know, the first story I really enjoyed. The by the time I got to the point in the second story that it sort of clicked in i was i was all i was like oh that's that's your pick of the week right there that's just it's it's you know it's it's high on the gosh scale it's good old superheroes just coming yeah. out of its eyeballs but yeah. in a in a really sort of beautiful modern way as well 
um, it really made me appreciate Lieber Mayo because I don't know that style is not my favorite thing in general, sure. but but you can, you cannot deny that craft. And then the writing was really strong too, and even the the ending bit was really fun and well written. So yeah, and we so rarely get classic Nick Fury. That's like ooh yeah, classic Nick Fury. So you're a jerk. Uh, Nightwing seventy eight was one of the best comics of the year. Wow. Um, Wow. It would have been my pick of the week if you hadn't taken a week off and we hadn't switched weeks. So I mean you're still hold talking that, about it. Hold that on against you forever. Nightwing seventy eight, Tom Taylor, new writer, Bruno Redondo, new artist. You didn't read this, did you? I wish you'd give me a heads up. I would have. Well I mean <laughs> you're you're the host of a podcast. You should know what's coming up. Um <laughs> there's a lot of things above that title in my day. <laughs> Uh, so this is a reset for for Dick Grayson. No more uh, Rick, the cab driver. No more. He was a um, cab driver. <laughs> yeah. After he, after he got shot in the head, he, he was a he 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 became a cab driver. So, so did that go on? And uh, just so I can you know set like for did, a long time. Like did it just end? Basically, it went on through the entire Joker War thing. It basically just ended. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah. So they really stuck with it. You know, I think I think it says something that. Like when I look through the issues and I see, you know, it's Nightwing. It's number seventy-eight. They didn't, they didn't, you know. It just looks like another issue of Nightwing, and those have been pretty lackluster for a while. Yeah, so but we're starting over. I think. Yeah. I think. I just as a, as a for yourself, you might want to check out all the new DC books just to see who's doing them because they're all, you know we've got all I new pages to. and all the books. I think that I think that I've become so ambivalent about Nightwing over the years that I don't even I wouldn't even I don't even think to look at that one. Also, it's not like they gave it a number one or anything, which is a weird choice. Also, like if you're going to renumber everything, then well, we talked about it last time. They didn't read a number one Roman, but they have it. Just it's, right. That's who what, knows I mean. what the, it's just the point consistency. Of. Anyway, it starts off with a great flashback to Dick, a young kid. He stands up to bullies. He and Barbara, by accident, they don't know each other. They end up standing up to these rich bullies in Gotham at school and having a little fight scene, and uh, that's fun. Barbara and Jim Gordon end up dropping him off at home, and Barbara's like, holy shit, you live in a castle. That's sort of the beginning of their relationship. And there's a wonderful scene where Alfred and Dick have a talk about why Alfred loves Dick so much. And it becomes important later on. But he comes, he, you know, he finds Dick washing dishes and he says, you know, that's my job. He says, I'm, I'm never going to be cool with you washing my dishes. So just deal with it. And, and then they have a discussion about why you know, Bruce is a hero when he puts the suit up. But you're always a hero. You're always a good, you're always a good guy. And there's a really nice conversation. Cut to the cut to modern day. Dick saves a dog. Like this is all up your alley. Dick saves a dog from being brutalized by a bunch of drunk high school kids and uh, beats the hell out of them and then ends up taking the dog home uh, where Barbara is waiting for him to give him um, his inheritance because, you know, Alfred died, which we're not going to get into. And um, breathe. You know, Dick Dick missed the, the reading of the will because he was Rick. And so uh, he finds out here that Alfred was a billionaire and he left all his money to Dick. <laughs> so now Dick is a billionaire. So is the kingpin in this? That's Blockbuster, who was a longtime uh, villain of yeah. Nightwing's. Inch- he was he was one of the main guys in Chuck Dixon's run on uh, Nightwing. Well, he looks a lot like Night <laughs> like Wilson Fisk in this book. Um, and then the other thing is that with with Blockbuster, he kills the mayor, the city council president becomes the mayor, and she is uh, Zuko. She is a Zuko. The Zuko's of course killed Dick's parents. Right. 
this is a very much of a resetting. Terrific art from Bruno Redondo. I gotta say, terrific the, the colors, terrific colors yeah. with the dot pitch color dot pitch shading from uh, uh, Adriano Lucas. This book looks amazing. The the scene uh, that you were talking about that the the washing dishes page the um, mm-hmm. there. If you look at the light, how it changes throughout the issue or through the page, I mean, yeah. And when they they're looking through the window and they come back and they're sort of made red by by sort of the sun setting or whatever outside, and like there's a little yeah. bit of red glow behind his hair around them. It's uh, it's really, it's gorgeous. It's a, and then the next page is really book. nice. Do you think yeah, this was be- like a great comic book or was this just like it was everything that you specifically wanted out of a comic I think book about both. your favorite I think character? So what we've been talking about with Tom Taylor forever is yes. that he really he really gets these characters. He gets the essence. He's brought – this is a return to es- the essence of the character issue mm-hmm. uh, for a character that's been, you know, as we know, for various reasons, been off the rails for years. Um, mostly because he's a giant target on his back from the, uh, the person in charge of the company. But um, <laughs> this is a back to basics. This feels very much in line with what you would have read in the Chuck Dixon run. I love that we don't have hipster – Barbara anymore. She's 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 she almost looks like she's in the seventies. She's got a turtleneck and his big glasses, which I thought was fun. That's a hipster. No, not not we, not know, what we had before. Not the Burnside Barbara. I'm glad to see her go. Um, and uh, it just it just it, it works as a as a resetting of the status quo of Nightwing. And it's tr- it just and it was, I was blown away. I don't know where Bruno Redondo's from, but he's terrific. He's another one of those Italian artists that have shown up that's really good at drawing. Yeah, what's going on with Italy? <laughs> so, um, you know, it's a back to basics, and that's what you hope for when after after you have a reboot is you, just, you know you start back to basics. And uh, I'm really excited now for the future. And Tom Taylor seems to be a, a great fit for your favorite Dick character. Grayson. I mean, he's a great fit for everybody. He's no, I, I know that, but like you, you kind of you hit the you hit the jackpot, Tiger. Yeah, I did. When I got, he announced I, it. I, there really is some lovely storytelling in here. There's the bit where the guy tries to punch him in the face and he sort of ducks down and then comes back up and, and headbutt cracks him mm-hmm. the other way. That's a beautiful couple of pages. And then the yeah. last panel of that page where he's, you know, he's scrapping and his face is all like mashed up and he's, and then, yeah, it's really, every page has something in the acting or the composition that is uh, pretty spectacular. Yeah, it's really good. I'll read it. Superman Red and Blue, number one, we've, we talked about this with Batman Black and White. No, it wasn't you. It was Ryan, who, when, he, when he was in the show, when you were not, he said, why don't they do this with other, other characters? And, we were, and here we go. Superman gets his own. I was, I was a good few out. minutes out of the book when the, I, that hit me. I was like, oh, it's like black <laughs> and white. Because I think there's a little bit about Batman at the end, and that's why it, yeah. it clicked with me. I was like, oh, you explained. It was nice. They explained what the book was in the text of the narrative at the end of the book. And I was like, pretty good. That's pretty strong. (laughs) What did you think overall? This had uh, four stories in it. I thought that it was really nice looking in a lot of ways. I don't think the stories were as strong because I don't think the talent was as strong as what what they ended up with over at Batman Black and White. Um I really loved the art in the first story by Clayton Henry. Um, mm-hmm. I kind of dug the story, the 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 um, John Ridley story, in that it was a very different kind of thing than I think we normally get with Superman. And it was about him being powerless and kind of hurt by the thing. You know, if you imagine that he basically he'd been 
captured by Soviets and they had some uh, kind of krypton, kryptonite kind of stuff. And they, they kept him sort of, you know, uh, bound and tortured uh, for a while, like a political prisoner. Uh, and, and he's kind of dealing with it, which is really kind of interesting, I thought. Not not if it was in the main sort mm-hmm. of Superman run. I'd be like, oh, I don't know that I want that to happen. But here, there's a really interesting take on power. Um, mm-hmm. I thought the, like, I liked the stories. I didn't love any of them, I think. Yeah, I think, I, I found myself thinking that I wished it was in black and white. I don't know that the color gimmick worked here. Mostly because they didn't seem to adhere to it. In black, in black and white, it's pretty simple. It's black and white. Here, you've got two colors to work with, and it seemed like sometimes I thought purple was okay because mm-hmm. that's a mix of red. Because the one of the stories was almost fully colored. It was yeah. the um, the one with the kid. Uh, well, with, with the School of Hard Knocks with Marguerite Bennett, Jill Thompson oh. one. Both of those, but the, the West Craig one and the end of the. It's it's almost like that. Those were they were fully colored stories. It's like that then you might as well just do an anthology book like if you're going to do a gimmick book with a with a color scheme then you should really stick to it and not you know let us have like gradations of colors i don't know that i think what i feel like is what they did here was they said here's the deal you're only allowed to use these colors and this is what came back and i kind of don't i mean i know what you're saying about the skin tone or whatever but i didn't notice i do know that like as i got to that story i was like this looks great because i stopped i wasn't thinking about the theme I was mm-hmm. actually really impressed by the art in that last one. I'm I'm back and forth on the last story because I think as a parent, I really love the idea that, you know, your your parents teach you to be a certain way and then but they're really worried about you at the same yeah. time. There was, you know, sort of lots of thought balloons and going back and forth. But it's about, you know, raising a good kid who looks over and sees the other kid alone and is like, That doesn't seem right. But if I go yeah. over there, my friends might not like me. And it's just like no, that story was really good. And, and, um, and, and but the, what I was saying, like the, the very end of it, though, like the point is, like Superman's a good person. That's why. That's why it's not because he's the most powerful. It's because he's an inherently good person, and that's. I think that gets to the, the heart of it. And it's it's too, super basic, but um, yeah. Well, I, you I, missed you missed one story in your script. It's the Dan Waters story. Is the one you were talking about with, with Batman oh, okay. that starts off black and white and um, ends up being in color. And I actually like that one too. Um. It was a bit, you know, philosophical. Yeah. It was a a world where uh, this guy, who is the guy that does it? Um, uh, an imp from the fifth dimension takes all the color away oh, from right, yeah. the world. And so people just don't have the concept of color. They don't know what it means. All the passion's gone. All, all the love and, uh, you know, energy is gone from the world because everything's black and white until Superman gets the colors back. First he gets red back and then he gets blue back. And it was, and I thought it was really nice. Like it was... Yeah. I, like every story in here had something pretty interesting and cool in it. It wasn't like they blew me away. No, nothing was bad at all. Yeah, I just, yeah. But every one of them, there wasn't even like there was a shit one. You know, no. the West Craig art was fantastic. Yes. Uh, some really beautiful and imaginative stuff in there. I liked that story too. Um, St- a different Steve Lieber. I, yes. I was like, "Oh, Steve Lieber!" But if you told, if you didn't tell me that was Steve Lieber, I wouldn't have known it. Um, mm-hmm. Yes, you know, I agree. That you know, and that story is about the guilt of like, what about you, there's lots of people you can't help, you know, and and what if you'd just done this and you know, shit, that's a real life thing if ever there was one, you know. But mm-hmm. think about the scale that he's got to deal with it. Um, I'm glad I read it. I'm glad I read it. I'll read the next yeah. one. I'm telling everyone now, and I keep talking about Captain Marvel from Kelly Thompson. This is the jumping on point. Everyone no longer has an excuse. Hang Captain on. Marvel 27. After the storyline in which in which uh, Captain Marvel was sent to the future and saved the day, but came back 
and broke up with her boyfriend, Rhodey, because in the future, Rhodey had a daughter by a different woman, and he didn't want that girl to not exist in the world sometime. She breaks up with Rhodey, and so now she's depressed. And her friends, Spider-Woman and uh, Hazard and uh, uh, Spectrum and then the other, the new accuser, her, her half-sister, take her out on the town. They take her speed dating. It's all the classic tropes. <laughs> and uh, end up fighting these sexy wizards who ride cat snakes who've come from another dimension. And it's just all the stuff that Kelly Thompson is terrific at. It's yeah. funny. It tells great uh, character stuff through action and humor. And... Um, these are this group is really fun together. Did you read this? No, no. I, I, you've been. I know you've been banging the banging the drum for this, and you're the champion of it. And and I haven't. I got it. I'll get it. I'll read it next time it comes up. I'll be on board. Well, this is the jumping on point I, here. So do it. Get this one. At the end, she goes to a bar. You know, Carol's an alcoholic and does the contemplating drinking the Irish whiskey thing. And then Doctor Strange. That. I don't think I remember yeah. that she's an alcoholic. Yeah, that's the thing she has with Tony. They're both alcoholics and. uh Doctor Strange happens to be at the same bar As because he just wants just wants to go somewhere where they don't know him. You know, like he says, she's like, "Why don't you go to one of your magic bars?" He says, "Because I sometimes you just want to drink and not, you know, be the most famous guy in the bar, even though he technically is." Which is antithetical to Cheers, right? Because sometimes you do want to go where everyone knows your name. It's a different kind of place. And then almost inevitably, they end up banging. Um, <laughs> So it's it's it was a f- terrific issue. Like like for me, when I was think when I finished my books, I was like, okay, it's Nightwing, but it's a, but Captain Marvel's a close second if I had to pick of the week. It was a very good issue. That's really good. That's yeah. that's excellent. Um, yeah. I wanted to check in on Thor number thirteen. Uh, we seem to be getting to the third act of of well, this five of six. I know that, but in terms of like structure, there's the intro mm-hmm. and there's the middle bit. We've, we're sure. now we're in the end game. Uh, of the whole thing, and uh, I thought it was a really good sort of step towards that. We've gone and we've gotten Odin. We have an idea about what his deal was. You know, he he's like, all right, well, he armors up. You know, and the big fight begins. And you know, and and there's there's the one moment where Odin's like, yeah, but you don't know about this thing, and that's sort of the tides change and everything. And and you know, Thor starts to get his power back, and you know, ooh, and, but there's also a really interesting moral dilemma here is that like. Donald Blake did a lot of bad shit, mm-hmm. but he was wronged grievously. Yes. And so that's sort of waiting in the wings. Uh, just in terms of dramatic and really cool art, I think that uh, Nick Klein, you know, really well, delivered. That's 100% correct. I'm, I'm looking through this as you talk, and I've been thinking about this a lot lately because we've been reading a lot of sort of smaller indie books lately. And a lot's a relative term, but we were reading more of them. And I find myself just wanting to take every indie artist by the by the collar and give them how to draw comics the Marvel way. Yeah. Because, you know, indie books tend to be a lot of medium shots. Yep. Uh, a lot of straight on medium shots. And there was a book this week we're going to talk about with that problem. But here, as I'm flipping through this book, almost every page includes uh, canted angles, low dramatic shot, low dramatic angles, um, Characters flying right at you. And I realize that in an indie book about people, you're not necessarily full of action, but you can make the action interesting by varying your shots. And this is like every shot, low angle hero shot, uh, giant 
hard hard top angle from the the world tree you know uh thor, uh, thor getting knocked or not thor donald blake getting knocked right at the camera like it's full of really dramatic classic marvel style uh yeah. action and this and is the place to do it this book yeah. should always look like this this, this yeah. should always be at least because this is the one you know yeah. that 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 should just drip jack kirby and and you know and walt simonson and john ramita jr and and just go arch all the time mm-hmm. uh mm-hmm. you know you should break panel borders valkyrie punching odin and having him break through the panel beneath it you know as he's upside down just delightful yeah it's yeah. it's really wonderful to look at it's great this is a really great book yeah this, this is a really good thor story you know like especially if it's like your six issue thor story you know and then you know the wrap up for one or two issues you not not a not a 40 issue epic you know right just just give me a great thor story and, and that's totally what's happening here and it's every single part of it's fun mm-hmm. i agree <sighs> every single part of my underwear is pretty great too <laughs> connor good job this episode is brought to you by mac weldon we're gonna we're gonna do what we can listen sometimes you love a product and then uh-huh. and then you have to do an ad for a product and people are like well why don't you shut up about it listen it's sincere they they should oh yeah they they that's that's probably why they come back. It's like God, these guys really love. It. We don't want to take these ads from them. They love these ads. Listen, right now for the most United States, it's hard to think about spring, which isn't entirely true because everything is melted in my yard. But well, this is this is this as this podcast comes out, it's officially spring. That's correct. After taking a brief hiatus from outdoor activities and workout routines, it's almost time to get back to the grind. By the way, in New England, we still do activities outside. Anyway, uh, get back to the grind with the new spring essentials from Mac Weldon uh, with body mapping technology and fabric mesh zones. And your guess is as good as mine on that stuff. I see computers. I see a, a, a Neo Matrix type thing. As, as a bunch of guys in lab coats yep. are looking at, at readouts and printouts. And, and like you hold up, you hold up your arm and you look at it and you see that it just fits perfectly as the as one, the projected data goes over it. One guy has a clipboard. He yep. he nods and he writes something on it. What does he write? We don't know. Yeah. He, he knows. Hopefully. And then somebody has a look of sort of like mild astonishment. Like, oh, you know, wow. like, we, we it's did within it. parameters. It's within range. <laughs> <laughs> Mac Weldon's stealth boxers are, are like that. And by the way, I, I have a pair of those. And they, they do look like what would come out of the scene we just described. Oh, so talk about it. So I, I got an order from Mac Weldon just a couple weeks ago. Huh? I bought a new order, new, 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 and I t- included two two pairs of stealth boxers yeah. little sad that I put them on and didn't disappear, but they are very, uh, stealthy. They're, they're for yes. working out. And, um, I think they're great. They're, they're, they're very sick and skinny. Yes. Um, and also I've been, I've been trying this new thing out, Josh, where I, I bought a pair of regular boxer, boxer shorts, not for under the pants. Cause that'd be ridiculous, but for sleeping. Uh huh. You know, when it's, when it's not cold enough, we need the full pants, but you still want something. <laughs> I think the reason I like these ads because they're just on the edge of an inappropriate. <laughs> like, it's just like when you listen, you think I'm picturing stuff and I don't know that I want to, but also like, I'm like, well, how would I feel about that? I don't think I can do that. I don't think I can go back. But, I, you know, I like no, no, you I have that option. I don't wear them, I don't wear them uh, with clothes. I just wear them yeah. for sleeping. It's like wearing shorts. Listen, like, uh, like gym shorts. We got to move on. 
I'm sorry. I was let's, just excited. I got new. I got a new order. Let's talk about the. the I, I actually I do want to hear about that. Uh, the Ace line of sweatpants is there, and and uh, I believe there's other bits. There's shorts of them uh, that you can get as well because it's spring. You got activities. You want to be moving around. Connor and I, big fans of our Ace sweatpants, and you have yep. a pair of shorts, I think, too. I do. Yes. Yep. So those those are those are just fine sweatpants. I I think they would say those are the best you've ever owned in that category, and I think that's probably true. Uh, there's Men's Essentials. That's your one stop shop for socks, shirts, hoodies, underwear, polos, active shorts. Well, Mac Weldon promises comfort and a consistent fit. I want one of those hoodies. There's versatility. They look great. They feel great from working out to going out to going on going to work or on a date, which is a thing that might be happening again. Wow. <laughs> Uh, mm-hmm. Mac Weldon is for everyday life, and and I, I swear to God, it makes your day a little bit better. That's that's all. That's the best I can say about it. Here's this one thing: you're not going to worry about being uncomfortable. You're not going to worry about them stretching all out. They're going to be where they're supposed to be, and it just helps a little bit. And then we'll take it all we can. There's a wide range of customized fabrics. Each of the things are a little specialized, depending on what you want to do. I love specialized clothing and gear more than anything in the world. I'm a big fan <laughs> of that. Uh, you can do that no matter what your day looks like. You can prepare for it. This Weldon Blue, the totally free loyalty program. Level one gets you free shipping for life. Uh, once you reach level two, by spending a, a $200 cumulative in a year. Uh, you get 20% off every order for the next year. It's like they're paying you to wear fantastic underwear. This is the guarantee. If you don't like it, you if you don't like your first pair of underwear, you can keep them and they'll refund you. No questions asked. They want you to be comfortable. It's guaranteed. 20% off your first order comes along when you visit MacWeldon.com slash iFanboy and enter promo code iFanboy. You know how to spell that. It's MacWeldon.com slash iFanboy, promo code iFanboy. 20% off your first order. They are reinventing men's basics, and again, we thank them for coming here. Let's move along. We've said enough. Too much. We said too much. That's probably true. I almost missed Black Knight: Curse of the Ebony Blade number one uh-huh. for some reason. After very much enjoying the King in Black, uh, Black Knight story uh-huh. uh, written by Cy Spurrier, and uh, I liked this too. I, I briefly considered it for pick of the week. Uh, it's funny. Interesting. It's you didn't like it. No, I didn't dislike it. Oh, okay. I just, well, I, 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 it was fine. I thought it was fine. What I really liked about it is that basically they call in, the Avengers call in Dane to do some shit that nobody else can do, which is to go crazy and kill everything. Mm-hmm. And, and they're not into him. And I think that I was guess. my favorite part of it. That's what kind of bugs me, though. Like, I, I, I don't you. know about turning him into like basically Marvel's Booster Gold. You know, like, that's kind of the role he, he has uh, here. And he, He's a long time like Avenger, and they, sure. they they treat him like he's this weird kid that shows up, and they you know has no no right to be there. And it's like he he was Avenger like ten years. Well, here's my here's here's my my counterpoint to that. I think that you're correct if it continues and moves out into everything, and everybody takes up the joke like Hawkeye, right? But in this context of this story, I'm okay with it. Is that? Like I don't want it to be everything, but I I like it in this story because I. But think it seems to be that's the, what they're doing with him. That's what how he was with, in the King of Black story. Mm-hmm. Um, well, and now it, that he's now that he's going to be in the Eternals film played by Jon Snow, so he's going to be more prominent in the comics. That's just how it works. I, I assume this is the direction they're taking him. Right. No, at one point, the, even even Cap's like, "Oh, hey, hey, Dane." It's like, no, but no, you were teammates for ten years. Well, you know what? I I okay. I know what you're saying, but again, I'm going to stick with it just in here. I can't. I can't project out to all the other things that will probably become sucky very quickly but i thought oh, that I the actual storytelling and characterization 
of that bit was really fun because, you know, Thor's like, screw that guy. And Captain's like, well, now, Biff, you know, like, you know, he's okay, (laughs) you know, because that's who he'd be. You know, he would be, you know, he he really would be annoyed by him in this instance, but he would try to be like, you know, we got to be cool. You know, there's history and then there's, you know, playing with it. But if I go just just on the text of the thing that I've written and honestly, other than Black Knight being like this really cool looking thing with a cool sword, like I don't know a heck of a lot about him. I don't really have... I, I'm, you know, I, I don't have a way that he's supposed to be in my head. Yeah, um, I just, I, I was always a Black Knight fan, so that's just me being a, someone who, mm-hmm. you know, loved him as a kid. So and being I, like, I, you know, annoyed. also, you know, we're nerds. We've known all sorts of nerd types, and one of the nerd types is a person who acts like they're at a Renaissance fair, and that's <laughs> oh, what he's doing in this, and it's 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 funny. Um, and I, I think Sizeburyers, the right guy for this. They're attacked by scab beasts. Uh, you know, right. the, the art was great. Um, that was a fun issue. I, I, so I see what you're saying and I don't disagree, but you know, within itself, I, I'll go with that. I, I said, like I said, I enjoyed reading it. I didn't dislike it. I was just a little bummed that they were turning him into like the butt of the joke. Are you going to sell me on justice league right now? I'm surprised you didn't read it again. I just assume that all of the regular number DC books are shitty. And so unless I, I just, well, I, they're I, all re- rebooted. I think I'm at I'm at three months. Starting from one. I'm at three months of like I'm trying to get out of the habit of not of not not paying attention to DC books because for a while there was no point. But I guess Justice we're done with that, so I have to pay attention. Justice League Fifty Nine, starting off with Brian Michael Bendis and David Marquez, terrific looking book. Uh, this is all. I mean, honestly, this is the this is the book that these two guys are born to make. Um, although the, the, the knock on this one would be that it felt very much like. Not even a cold open, but like half a cold open. Yeah. Um, as uh, the Justice League teams up with Black Adam, who is corporately mandated on the team, as Brian Michael Bendis revealed in an interview this week because of the film. Uh, they shoot up with Black Adam to fight some creature that has shown up from another dimension. And they find out at the end he's, a, he's from the dimension that Naomi's from. So that's how Naomi will end up on the team. Um, and then there's... Uh, it, it, well, I was. It's it's a little less than a regular issue. It's not a ton less because there's a co-feature. The co-feature is Justice League Dark with Constantine and Satana, written by Ram V with art by Hermenico. There's Hermenico, um, and that was fun. I enjoyed that one. But really, the the fun was the first part, which was the regular team. Although there was a mistake in the book, they're back at the Hall of Justice, the Hall of Justice, and the Flash is there in his lab coat doing sciencey stuff and they call him Barry, but they color him as Wally with the hit with the orange hair. And in the, uh, flash story of the infinite frontier, he was, Wally was going to become the flash of earth and Barry was going to become the flash of the multiverse and go off and have multiverse adventures. So I don't know what's going on with the flash, but that, that was the mistake, but you've got green arrow, you've got black and you've got Superman, Batman, wonder woman. I'm not wonder woman, Superman, Batman, Aquaman. um, Hawkwoman. It's a fun group and it looks amazing. I mean, there's some really terrific, crazy Dave Marquez layouts here, uh, especially with the Aquaman stuff. But Are the, is all this stuff still popular. double shipping? Who knows? Do we, I guess I we'll know soon. So. Yeah. I assume. But this is it, 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 very much like a preliminary part of the story. They're going to ruin Black Adam, aren't they? I really like Black Adam, but I think that you can blame The Rock. Yeah, no, I get that. It's the same way that we can blame Mar- Margot Robbie. And it's neither yeah. of those sexy people's fault. No. 
they're sexy. They can't help it. They, they both can, are. They can't help it. They don't know. Yeah. I mean, they know. I would hope so. You don't just <laughs> I mean, eat, they're sexy. You don't just they don't eat chicken breast 50 times a day for no reason. Right. But just ask way. that one patron who can smell it. Um, yeah, no, they're, they're going to turn him into basically Wolverine, which is, a, which is a bummer. Yeah. It's a, he's a great character. I just, I, I, you know, you don't want too much. And, and, you know, also then you get that and you take an anti-hero or even a villain with sort of noble, you know, he's, he's Dr. Doom in a way. Yeah. Dr. Doom. Yeah, for sure. He, has, he, he runs the country. So he's evil, but a little bit not, but then you turn it around to be like, good but kind of an asshole you know right that's a problem so we'll see it's just not as fun no when all when when, when all the her- villains are also kind of heroes it's just not as fun yeah there's no stakes but it's worth checking out it looked great and uh, i'm curious where they, where they go right. and, i'll be all caught i got three i got three homework issues are there any other dc books that i was supposed to have read this week no uh, only hansel came out right yeah that's what i noticed yeah. um spider woman number 10 uh, is the end of this arc uh, where where Spider Woman is? It's a whole, it was a whole thing. I don't even know if I can explain it to you. I dropped off halfway through. I was like, I can't take this anymore. I really liked it. I enjoyed it. I, I like that character. I think that she's been pretty consistently uh, characterized from the Dennis Hopeless stuff into this, you know, and and moving along in different ages of this stuff. Uh, I thought it was fun. It's kind of wacky. It's it's definitely out there. Um, the who the bad guy was changed like three or four times throughout the course of the whole thing. Uh, the the one lady got turned into sort of a dinosaur human hybrid thing by the by the high evolutionary. Um, there's a really nice scene at the end where you know um, Captain Marvel Carol is is Jessica's best friend, and and she was very mean to her. <laughs> Uh, uh, and, right. and and so like they were like you have to go apologize to her, and so they're sitting at a at a table and talking you know about making up and it's just good it's very it's a she's a very human character in all of this stuff and i think that in in some instances um you know giving uh many instances giving a superhero a a a kid uh can be problematic but i think that's worked out really well in sort of giving this character an anchor which she did not have before not uh, just as a story point and now she's got this mm-hmm. like little family with roger and there's actually like <laughs> you don't have that thing where uh, like, well, how do you have time to do all this stuff? Like, it kind of works out. You know what I mean? Like, you don't have to do the math on, on. well, you couldn't do this and be a mom or do whatever. And it it just kind of works. And, and I, I like that she's kind of a unique character. Do, so this is the end of that storyline with the mother and everything? And yeah, the, the, but there's, there's, there's yeah, there's, a, it, it covered a lot of ground. Uh, okay. I, just, yeah. I just got sick of it after like five or six issues. And I just, yeah. I thought maybe I'd come back after that arc was over. It, I mean, the, the arc sort of morphed. It became a different thing than it was, and they've still got to solve the main problem that they're trying to solve. But um, there's a very nice high evolutionary in here. I was like, he doesn't seem like such a bad guy. Mm. <laughs> anyway, well, I, I liked it. He's just a scientist. Yep. And I thought the art's been really great the whole way through. Radiant Black, number two. Image Comics, Kyle Higgins, Marcelo Costa, Becca Carey. And I just noticed just now while you were talking that I think uh, Marcelo Costa, another Italian artist, has a bit of a Ryan Otley thing going. I can kind of see that. And oh, yeah. like, it, it looks like a little early Invincible. On the dad? Just in both of them, really. Isn't that Corey Walker? Um, a little bit of Corey Walker, a little bit of Ryan Otley. It's a little bit of Invincible. Yep. I mean, <laughs> this is, it's, been this long enough, it's been long enough for them to have influenced a lot of people, which is fascinating. Yeah. 
this is the book I was talking about where it feels like every shot was a medium shot or, you know, like there was not a lot of variation in uh, dynamic paneling. And this is not like, you know, this is not like a slice of life book. It's an action book. It's an, it's a, it's an adventure book, but it just feels like think, every shot was. I think the, you're right on that in the day to day stuff. But as you get to the yeah. superhero stuff, it's doing all the stuff that it should. Yeah, I'm, I just it just yes. I'm just thinking the first half of the book where it's just basically him and his dad talking. I was like, it's the same medium shot over and over. Yes, and it, I have given that criticism eye. in the past, and you've been like, I don't know, man. And so uh, I, it makes me feel I mean, good to hear you say sometimes that. It's, yeah, it's, it's yeah, you're right. You know, though. Like the, it's just there was consecutive panels of him sitting at a table talking, and it's just like either you're doing it for a reason, and there's no reason to be doing the same shot over and over. Also. The dad and the mom don't look old enough. Especially the mom. At one point, towards the end, the mom shows up. To oh, help yeah, yeah, yeah. I think the dad, the gray hair does a lot of work. But, um, the gray hair, but the, the face doesn't. The, the mom shows up. It could be his little sister. It could be his girlfriend. It could be, like, it just, she does not look like a mother. Her mm-hmm. face is completely line-free. And I don't know. It's it, There's a lot of work. Marcelo Costa is clearly talented, but clearly early on in his career, too. That seems rough, especially the 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 page thirteen on your your digital reader, Josh. It's uh, the fourth panel where they're the the mother's talking to them, like the, the figure drawing there is rough. Yeah, but um, it's but true. this issue was interesting. So I wasn't sure that I was going to keep reading it, and I did, and I had sort of the same. I liked I liked by the end of this, I was more on board than I had been at the end of the first one. And mm-hmm. what I did notice though is the same thing, like. I don't know that I noticed the art all that much than the way that you did because I was really like following the conversation. I thought that the stuff with the dad and the kid who is trying to figure out what the hell his deal is, I was really I thought it was really strong. And and I was like and then again I was like, "Oh right, this is a superhero book." I mean like I don't know that I don't know what that says, but I was just I was into the family drama shit. I was down with it. And and such to the extent that, you know, I think there's some really good twists in this, you know, like that the cops weren't coming to arrest him, you know, right. that it was the different, it was a different deal. They basically on it. want him to help. I, I thought is- there's a bit where there's a big fight. Uh, and the, the big drama of it is that he realizes that the guy took his car and <laughs> right, I, just- you know, that is one of those things. Oh, wow. You have a real problem. You have to worry about because you, there's all this, you need a job and you need your car for the job and you're way in debt. And I was just like, I feel that blue dude. I understand you. And you know the 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 moment where he he stops the guy in the red version of his suit, the bank robber in yeah. Chicago, and you know finds himself with two giant duffel bags of cash. And this is a guy who is not just broke, but in debt. Yeah. And uh, I thought it was a great page using the Spider Man eyes technique of conveying emotion through yeah. this guy's full face mask of. Oh, money. Oh, I can't take the money. I mean, there's a real Peter Parker thing going on in general through this whole thing, but it it worked. And, you know, it's like if there was an Uncle Ben and he made you oatmeal. Um, (laughs) Yeah, I I actually really liked it. I thought as a character work, um, the script was great. Yeah, the the, the father-son relationship is the best part so far. Yeah, that's pretty good. But I I did enjoy it. I'm looking, I'm going to keep reading it for, for now. Those are the books we're going to talk about, but at patreon.com slash fanboy, you can vote to add a book to the rundown. Every patron gets a vote. One patron, one vote. And this week, 
a blowout win for Orphan and the Five Beasts, number one from Dark Horse Comics, and James Stokoe, who did the whole book himself. Every little bit. Published it. He edited it. He took it to the printer. Then shipped it to the, short, the stores. All of it. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll go. It, it, it looks really good. <laughs> I, don't th- I, I think that James Stokoe is one of those artists and creators to me who is extremely talented and their work is striking and it doesn't look like anything else. And I don't care about any of the stories they have to tell. Well, we've had it. We've in the past. We've enjoyed some of his stories. We enjoyed Orkstein. We enjoyed that uh, Godzilla book he did. Like it's that right? But like the Godzilla, like you're going and you're hanging out for a little while. But at the end of the day, there was nothing in this story that I found terribly interesting. I don't know that. I don't really <clears throat> like the there the characters. There weren't characters that I cared about. It was all about its style. Yeah, I mean, it, I I love the style of art. Yes, I think every every page, he doesn't cheat. No. You know, the, every page is full of detail and character and world. It's just that I read this book on Wednesday as we recorded Friday, and I was like, I don't remember what happened in this comic. I, it's not because I, I've been too busy or had too many comics to read because no. I didn't have that many comics. It's just that I don't really remember what happened. Well, I specifically noted at the end, like, I don't have – I don't know – so basically there's this sensei type character and these five mysterious characters need to defeat an evil thing and they come to him and he teaches them their art which is their kung fu or whatever you want to call it and then at the end of it they take off and then there's another disciple for this guy who has to go fight some evil which is a big silly villain and that's all i know i i don't know anything about anybody or care what anybody's doing because right what are the stakes there's what, no what the, there's no yeah. person there's no personality that gave me anything to grab onto so as a piece of art and action which is fine by the way if that's what you want out of a thing it's not my favorite thing but at, from from a story standpoint like what are you actually doing with the story that that i haven't seen before that would grab me or that would impress me and there, there wasn't anything yeah um and the there same thing happened by the way yes no absolutely exactly but it was sort of unfettered and, and again i don't think that's bad it's like a type of performance art almost it's just not my favorite thing there's another book that came out this week um a, a new uh, uh james heron book the james heron book yeah uh, ultra mega yeah ultra mega colored by dave stewart you know written and drawn yeah. Uh, same problem but exact same problem like yeah. be, like he's an amazing artist i kind of forgot about him um because he's been doing all these monster books over at image and and i love looking at it but nothing i know it's exact exact same uh criticism i had of that one um yeah. i wanted to talk about it but i just thought well i, I can just mention it in this other one um <laughs> I, I i like little touches you know like you know the weapon that the main character has that starts off as something that you can you can whack people with turns into a spear right um, the, the, the little personal sauna that the sensei has with the little, <laughs> the little holder yeah. for his pipe. Like, I thought that was fun. I was like, Ooh, that, that, that must be nice. But you're right. No, ultimately I don't know these characters or the stakes or why any of this stuff is happening other than to happen. And it was fun to look at. Like, I loved looking at it. Oh, it had a feeling. Like, you could smell the world. You could tell yeah. how warm it is. You know, like, you could feel the humidity in the air of this world and everything. And that was great. And it's interesting because we were, I forget what the Brandon Graham book we did recently, but the, those two guys I tend to put together in my head. I didn't love that, but I know what the story was. And I had an idea, you know, of who the character was. And it, it you know, it gave you something to hook on to. Um, you know, same, same sort of like, 
a, a ton of imagination in it, but there was there was a little something. But this was very much like visceral, I guess. Yeah, uh, it's weird. I mean, it's <clears throat> I like I at times like I like looking at the pages. Go, that's fun drawing. That's cool. I like that what he did there, but. It didn't connect me to the story. It was more like a clinical read of the book than anything else. I was also, I was really disappointed about the villain reveal. I just thought it was stupid. Mm-hmm. The, the, the villain the is Thunder Thighs. Thunder Thighs and just is a muscly guy with big legs. And, and, you know, it's not that interesting. And I didn't particularly find it that funny. Right. Um, you know, great East design. of the Valley, Thunder Thighs. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. I, I don't just, know. I, I just want some of the imagination that's applied to the visuals into sort of the characterizations, I guess. Um, it wasn't, and it wasn't there. I, you know, it, I think it's very much that this is not my thing. So I, I think that for others, it might have a different impact. Did you not like Orkstein? Nope. I didn't read it. I read it Ron for a little bit. Yeah, I know. But it was, but to me, it felt like the same thing. It was like a bunch of shit going on that looked kind of cool and not like anything else. But ultimately, I didn't care. Ratings. Ratings. Or I was going to say orc for Orphan and the Five Beasts, number one out of five. I'm going to give it a three because I did, I did like looking at it, even if I didn't really connect with it. Two. Two. So sticking with it. No. Pretty doesn't matter as oh. long as if there's not a thing. <laughs> well, I, mean, no, I was thinking matter. about this in, I was thinking about in, in comparison to like uh, Usagi Ojimbo stuff that I've been reading. Not all that sure. different in terms of setting and and stories but there's some character thing that is going on with those stories there's some there's just something about it that i that i like that i don't find here patreon.com slash ifanboy any patron can vote to book the rundown but if you give it the five dollar hard level you get your superpower live on the show like these four fine feathered friends david newton has the power that uh, outside of your normal transactions, you go to the grocery store, you buy for something, you buy a stamp, you pay money. No one ever asks him for money, donations, or anything outside <laughs> of the things that he purchases. He, he never, has a force field around him. No one ever asks him. For, no he, one tries to stop him to get for Greenpeace. Yep. Or, the phone yeah. doesn't ring in that way. He's never offered, unless he asks about it, the extended warranty. <laughs> he's he's he does the the tra- transactions that he's doing, and that's it. Uh-huh. There's no there's no there's no he doesn't have to do any moral thinking about should I or shouldn't I do this for this person. It's not mm-hmm. no one no one ever asks him. He doesn't get True. emails for charities that he's supposed to feel. He, he doesn't mean he doesn't give. Yeah. He's just, he's not solicited for those things. He's just he does it on his own terms. Yes. Not not their terms. It's a gift. Yeah. Uh so I was very proud of this power. Came Please. to me. I've never heard never heard of it before. Patrick Williams turns water into wine. <laughs> now, okay, um, go on. He, you know, he just he can convert uh, any water into any wine that has ever been. What do you mean by any water? Well, you know, it's tap water, okay. bath water. I guess it's all tap water. Venture at the end of the day, any, you know, water H two O, yeah, of any type, any type. Uh, turns it into wine of any type, any kind of wine, any kind of famous wine. You want to, you want a uh, Chateau Lafitte Rothschild? Patrick's your man. Uh huh. Well, all right mm-hmm. then. Yeah. I, I mean, you know what? I gotta say, if that showed up in something, it could have some legs. It may be. <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna check the book and see if any of this is okay. <laughs> but, 
Bo Conroy has indestructible teeth, and they require no upkeep, maintenance, or, or cleaning otherwise. He doesn't have to brush them? He doesn't have to do a damn thing. No brushing, no flossing? Nope. Those they never teeth, smell? Those teeth stay magnificent at all times, and they require no intervention of any kind. I was having ribs the other day, mm-hmm. and I had to floss for like 20 minutes afterwards. He doesn't have to do that? Nah. Mm. All right. It's, you know, it's, it's, there's a code. It just, it just works. Just, it's, it's, like, just, it's frictionless teeth. They just, yeah. Well, also, it has right to do out. with like, like the spacing and alignment. Like, you know, perfect, perfect, indestructible. They're teeth. perfect. They're not sensitive to cold. Wow. So he doesn't have to worry about biting into a cold apple and whether that's going to hurt. Right. Yeah. No sensodyne needed? Not a bit. You're not supposed to stay on that stuff, by the way. It says on there, do it for two to four weeks. You can't, and then otherwise you're, anyway, we're getting into it too much. Kevin Crotty, Crotty? Kevin Crotty. Crotty. He can't walk on water, but he can run on it. We're going to have to have a discussion after the show. (laughs) Because I don't think this can continue. (laughs) If you kill him. Three days later, he's right, he's right. <laughs> he comes, he can run, he can't walk. So at a certain point, it's like the bus in speed. Like if he slows down, it's all over for him. But I actually think that makes sense. That's the, I, I assume that's the case with the Flash. Right. If he slows down, right. he's going in the drink. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, he, has to, he has to at least be above a jog. So, so he's got to get going and run right, into the, run right over the water. So does the question... I mean, is that really more about speed than it is his effect on the capillarity of water? It's the, it's the magic of his power, really. I don't, you know, it shouldn't work, but... Um, right, well, okay, so at a certain speed, mm-hmm. any of us could stay above the water. Uh, maybe. I assume so. No, 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 that's, that's, that's physics. Like, at, yeah. at a certain sort of level, because you're not exerting that much downward force on it. He's not the Flash. He's just right. at a regular human running so speed. So, like, at a... Okay, but what about, like, like okay, that's... At a Tom Cruise run, that's right, the thing. But Tom what Cruise what about like a like a fat guy shuffle jog? Yeah, it's just like it's relative to his own ability to run. Speed walking? No. Okay. Speed walking does not count. So he's got to he's got to really like judge that based on his own fitness level. So yeah. if you're going to take off across the lake, you're going to want to be able to, to <laughs> make sure you can make that run. <laughs> you want to maintain that. You want to maintain that sprint. Like I'm in trouble. I'm going in. Pretty much right. outside <laughs> of a small pond. Small pools, you know, not that kind of thing. Right. Oddly, you can't do it around pools, though, because in the pool you might be able to, but there's no running around the pool. <laughs> That's right. Um, I but if you cannot want, like, emphasize that friends, enough. You could run out there and then just sort of drop in. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's a fun little trick. All right. Patreon.com slash IFAM, but that's where you can vote to add a book to the rundown. You get your own superpower live on the show. Thanks for all who, who do that. And that's where uh, people who go and want to help the show out, patreon.com slash fanboy. They unlock content for all the listeners. They unlock the Patreon pick. They unlock the talks explodes and the book explodes and the media explodes shows. They unlock the YouTube content. And we have the monthly hangouts. All that stuff's been unlocked by the patrons over patreon.com slash fanboy. People have asked us several places, hey, what if you brought the video show back? Well, that's one of the stretch goals over at patreon.com slash fanboy. Check it out. We're never going to hit it, but it's over there. Um, what else we got? We have ifanboy.threadless.com. That's where our t-shirts are. Actually, right now, there's a sale on Threadless. So from now until March 24th at 5 o'clock Central Time, 
You can get regular teas for $15 and 15% off everything in the shop that we sell. It's a perfect time to stock up for your spring essentials. It's springtime. You want to get some T-shirts. You want to get some maybe ultra premium face masks. Maybe your old T-shirts don't fit like they did a right. year ago. It's been a year so. of sitting <laughs> depressed, eating and drinking, and not exercising. Maybe you need to go up a size. And so that's all at Threadless. I found it at Threadless.com. We have our H T-shirts designed, and again, fifteen dollar regular tees and fifteen fifteen percent off everything else in our store. So check that out. Fanboy.com slash support. That's our tip jar. People some people have been dropping tip money in the jar lately. We think everyone does that. Fanboy.com slash Amazon. You can find our books, blood books. You can find our pick of the weeks in the pick of the week post through Amazon. And there's a general link there. And everyone who does all of the above, we thank you for helping keep the show going. And without you, there would be no show. That's true. Uh, let's let's do this one really quickly and then, then we'll get out. Okay. Uh, Andrew from Minnesota writes, Reading a John Carpenter interview this week, they discussed how The Thing, the movie, uh, was not a hit or well-received when it came out, but it is now thought of as a classic and one of the best horror films of all time. This often happens in albums and movies, but I can't think of it happening in comics. Are there comic series that have gotten reevaluation praise? I've been thinking about this for two days and I can't think of any. Please help. Um, I made a note here because I didn't want to forget. Um, it's it is my understanding that The Walking Dead early on was in danger of cancellation early on, which uh, prompted the famous uh, I don't know if it's famous to you, but it's it's a story I remember that of of Robert Kirkman telling um, uh, Jim Valentino that no no the aliens are going to come later, and then getting an extension. Is that what happened? I thought that was just to get it published in the first place. Was there was eventually the aliens? Yeah. I don't know. I feel like that came along later, but I think at the earlier bit of it, like the thing about that comic book was that, first of all, he was not known really at all uh, at that time. And so it came out to relatively little fanfare and it, it grew, which is the exact opposite of how every other comic book in the world works. And so, um, but it was growing slowly enough that I, I think at, at the beginning, it, it, there was a point where it wasn't really, it wasn't really sure to go on, you know, in a way that, you know, cause they, they couldn't have known what was going to happen with it later. Yeah, I, mean, I don't know if that's exactly what he's talking about, though. Um, this is this thing. Uh, then my other note here was uh, the X Men. The X Men was canceled. It went yeah. into it went into reprints for years. They stopped doing new stories about it, and then you know Dave Cockrum comes along with was that who it was? Who wrote that? Uh, Giant size X Men. Uh, but the, it, again, I don't know if that's exactly what he's talking about because those those early books I don't think are thought of as like classics. It's more the concept. Because comics are comics are weird. It's more about the concept than the actual. It's the best I had. <laughs> I know. I, I know. I'm just saying that comics don't often correlate to other media. People keep people want them to, and we try to do it. We've even done the show, but like the X Men was canceled. But I don't think anybody looks back on those '60s books. And I I like those stories. I've got the omnibus, the the Stan and Jack X Men omnibus. It's fun. But people sort of for a lot of people, X Men starts with Giant Size X Men number one because right. the concept was reevaluated, but not those early comics. I think the place that this shows up in comics is going to be more along the lines of your indie stuff because there's so much of it and it doesn't come out to a lot of, they don't have resources. They don't have notoriety. Mm-hmm. So once sort of award season comes along and the Eisner stuff comes out, like that stuff builds steam. Um, and I don't yeah. have examples because, you know, it's not like you see numbers on those kind of things. But, you know, a, there's a lot of books that have been out for a year or so and then the Eisners come out and people start to read it like there's kind of a groundswell, but that's not exactly what you're talking about either. Yeah, it's not like people look back on, uh, you know, 
Wolfman and Perez's Teen Titans go, wow, that was a classic run we don't talk about enough because they, they did at the time. I think, I think it's, it's almost like comics are so intense that people are always on top of what's happening. Comics are kind of front-loaded in that way. That, yeah. Um, usually, I'm sure, I'm sure there's, there's, I'm sure that happens there's, with smaller problem, series. Something, like, something. Okay, in a, on a much lower level, you know, a thing like uh, the Marvel series that was the pick of the week or... Um, that was a huge book that came out. Huge. No, 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 no. I mean, like, literally this series. Oh, the, the miniseries. Right, which you, like, yeah. kind of looked at and didn't go. And then, For us, so, sure. Right, but that's that's what he's talking about. So, But we do that, and then however many, you know, thousands of people who listen to this, you know, they'll go check out a thing like that. And, you know, maybe, like, a book like Sweet Tooth or, you know, like, that's how those things sort of grow there. You know, they don't come out to a lot of fanfare, but... But, it, yeah, but yeah I, even then, I don't think we're hitting it because it's like the thing was not well-received, meaning people... Well, he says not a hit. It's hard to say. Not well received though, but like I don't I don't like John Carpenter and I don't think I don't know that a majority of people do. I think that enough people do in a very specific way that, you know, they became cult things, but it's really about like something becoming a cult hit more than it is yeah. about becoming like a big hit. And I think that probably happens in comics all the time because you know, comics don't come out to a ton of fanfare, especially things that are not really well known, but it's not going to be like Marvel DC stuff. I think you're closest you're going to get here is something that you mentioned a few minutes ago is like a smaller indie book that comes out under the radar no one knows about it and then it gets discovered in collection or trade or it gets you know around award time like you know white out was a book that you know came out through any press greg rucka steve lieber weren't big names when it came out at the time it didn't really you know leave a huge mark but later on both those guys became bigger names the collection got read way more than the issues did. And, you know, that's where, that's really where you get that kind of thing in comics is I bet a smaller book comes out and then later on when it's in collected form or the creators get to be an, bigger names. Like all our early Brubaker, you know, yeah. uh, any of these guys that became bigger names, their early indie stuff, which Seen comes and goes, you know, becomes a bigger deal later on when the creators yeah, get better that's known. That's a good example. Pretty, I bet that if you went and looked at the numbers for like Warren Ellis taking over Stormfront, you know that Storm probably, Watch. huh? Stormwatch. Stormwatch. Sorry. Yeah. Listen. <laughs> the other one's not that not the same. You know, uh, or or you know, like early issues of uh, probably a lot of those Vertigo series. They had to build a thing because those guys weren't really. Those were a lot of 2000 AD guys who weren't really well known in the states. Um, I bet that that happens, but I don't know the numbers. It's an interesting question, though. Yeah, the let, let us know what you think. Culture and fandom is not exactly the same in, in film and t- in comics. It's just it's just a different, especially um, in nineteen eighty whatever two when that. Movie and you don't out. have like scholars writing about early comics in the way that they do with film. You know, reevaluating works. It might, but no one sees it. <laughs> right. It's just it's just not the same culture. Hmm. Contact myfanboy dot com. Thanks for writing in. Yeah. yeah. Is where you can write in. Um, make sure that your question is something we can read on the air and not necessarily an essay. I uh, can't do that. Uh, I mean, you can tell us your thoughts. We're totally fine with that. But, um, you know, like think of it in terms of uh, how we can read things. Uh, and thank you for that question. Actually, I really, I don't, I don't think we had great answers, but I actually really enjoyed the conversation and I liked the question. Uh, yes. This is what is going on. I told you, I told you last week, and you were listening, that there was going to be a Talksplode. And then there was going to be another Talksplode. You did a Talksplode, and then you did a Talksplode again. You're you out of podcast jail, Josh. I am. I am caught up until, 
you know, <laughs> next month. Um, so we had Josh Williamson last week, uh, which, uh, you know, he talked about the idea uh, for Infinite Frontier, which uh, I just, can you please just explain to me what this is? And I liked his explanation in a way that I didn't understand from the other stuff I'd read. Um, and we talked about his career. It's really interesting because he, you know, I've known him since he was a really hungry up and comer. Like I was like, oh, this guy's serious about it. And now, you know, he's he's right up there at the top of DC, you know, helping sort of steer these events and do stuff like that. And it's a really interesting sort of arc uh, to go through. And I, I pretty much talked to him on one of these shows at each of those stages. So uh, that's pretty interesting. I enjoyed talking to him. And then this week, um, you will have seen it before this show came out, is a conversation with Ibrahim Mustafa. Uh, Another guy over the the past 10 years has gone from sort of completely new guy working on whatever he can get his hands on to. Now he has a three graphic novel deal with with Humanoids where Mark Wade is the editor-in-chief. Um, you know, and the, his first book just came out, The Count. It's an original graphic novel, a sci-fi adaptation of, of uh, The Count of Monte Cristo. Um, and I've known him over the internet for a very long time. He was a fan of iFanboy. I was a, a big sort of iFanboy component to that yep. that I did not know about. Um, it should be noted. I was like, hey, come on here and talk about what we did. But uh, really interesting story. I, I like him a lot. Uh, and and I, was, I was glad to have that conversation with him. So I think both of those are very much worth listening to. And thank you for your patience. Moving on. Yes, and we technically only have a week and a half left in the month, but you're going to get two more shows. Booksplode for Avengers West Coast Vision Quest. That's our next Booksplode discussion. And then uh, our Media Splode show in which we're going to take a look at the, the year that was, the weird year that was in movies coming out of the Oscar nominations. And both those shows will come out in the next two weeks. One of them will probably come out the first day of April. But that's just the way it goes. That's just the way it goes. Don't give me any guff, kid. I'm not giving you guff. I'm just saying that. I mean, I was goes. talking to them. Like, there's okay. some kid out there. He's thinking about giving me guff, and I'm saying, hey, keep your guff in check, pal. Head over to iFanboy.com. That's where all these shows are found. All of our vast library, over a thousand audio shows are found over at fanboy.com. And also, you can find a lot of video shows and a lot of writing, too. Facebook.com slash iFanboy and iFanboy on Twitter. At iFanboy Comics and Instagram is where you can find out what the pick of the week is before the show comes out. Individually, we are C.S. Kilpatrick on Instagram and J.A. Flanagan on Instagram. And we have our YouTube page, youtube.com slash iFanboy. That's where we've been putting all of our old video shows from years ago are being re-uploaded thanks to the patrons. And this past week, we had an uh, iFanboy mini interview with Dan DiDio. We had a spotlight episode on The Punisher. And we had our 100th episode, which was a look back on our first comics, iFanboy's first comics. They're all there. I was, and I was doing the math the other day. We have about 80... About eighty full length shows left to be uploaded, so it's you know you're another so year year in change of. I think it's that's really not true. it's right really, about a little less than a year of show upload shows. It's really interesting that people have been. I mean, not like a huge number of people. But people have been watching them, and like coming back and talking to us about some of the stuff that we did, and and it's it's cool. <laughs> oh, wow, we did do that. And then sometimes you watch me like, oh, that could be better. And sometimes you watch <laughs> them and you think, oh, that's not bad. You know. Uh, <laughs> It was fun, and yeah. that was that was from our crazy year of 2008, uh, both the mini and the uh, full-length shows. Those are all at youtube.com slash fanboy. Subscribe if you don't want to miss out. There's three uploads a week, and I, we, I enjoy that time travel, the time capsule aspect of it. If you like this show, uh, write us a review. 
leave a star rating on Apple Podcasts or any of the other services or Spotify and uh, Stitcher and whatever. There's a lot of them. Um, That really helps us and do that for other shows. I don't just mean us, but like everybody doing uh, free content for you right now, you know, do what you can, Mm -hmm. especially if you really appreciate it. It's important. You know, if you're not doing uh, the patrons or whatever, and there's a lot of people who want patron stuff and we get that, but like do that bit, Uh, you know, it's the same thing. Like leave great reviews on Yelp for places who did you good same thing with these guys this is how it works uh better yet tell your friends do that kind of stuff tell your your letter carrier uh i mean from a safe distance you know yeah 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 depending on what they're doing over there it's hard to say uh it's it's gonna be spring so it's gonna be outside you'd be watching out for mud puddles but maybe having a little conversation on the street because there was nobody there before and that's yep. it thank you very much uh you were connor i was connor you were josh that's correct stay safe out there wash your hands wear your mask uh, get your vaccine as soon as you are able uh, and, uh, and, and, and take care of each other. Yeah.